fell right down that rabbit hole So reality is questionable Try but you just can't let it go These two right here put on the show It's paranormal overload with southern hospitality Haunted murder mayhem tip while discussing immortality Locations with a dark past History that comes to life Hillbillies with a knack for Everything that goes bump at night Overthinking if you by yourself These two will have you turning on the lights Mixing in a little comedy to make sure it all fits in just right Hey, Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Story Now here's your hosts Jerry and Tracy Paul Heather Dolph Ninja Sometimes they're cat Freddy, but never the ferrets. Hey guys, welcome to episode 314 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Hi Tracy, so we got a lot to cover at the beginning, so for those of you who get pissed off when we don't jump right into the story today's not going to be one of those things but we got some things that i feel like need to be covered yeah me too so first and foremost and this ties into it we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world no matter which country you represent as long as you represent our allied forces we're on your side absolutely we love you guys so much um i don't know what we would do without you to be honest you always have our backs and we appreciate y'all so much and continued prayers for everyone. With that being said, we were in the uh, Kokomo, Indiana area yesterday and last night. We were doing uh, an investigation and we spent the night up in Kokomo. And about 35 minutes away, uh, there was an officer, uh, unfortunately, that was... Uh, he passed away after a shooting out on, uh, on a highway. Tracy? Yes, his name was Noah Shanavaz. He was 24 years old. <clears throat> Excuse me. He also served in the military. He had been on the force for only a few months. So this is just, you know, devastating news. We hate to hear this. He was a young man and, you know, was just trying to help the community. And It was random. I mean, he pulled. Yeah, over. he just. You know, for, for people out there, and I get so tired of hearing this. There is no such thing as a random traffic stop. No, you never there know what's going to happen. There is no such thing. No. This gentleman pulled over somebody for a traffic stop, and the person got out of their car, walked up, and just started shooting at the car. Mm-hmm. You never know what you're going to encounter as a police officer. Yeah, that's correct. And I I don't know how they do it. I honestly don't. I mean, especially, I mean, any time of the day is horrible, but at nighttime, you never know because you can't see in the car right. that well. And you this never was know. about 2 o'clock in the morning, yeah. so it was definitely yeah. dark. So we just wanted to send our thoughts and prayers to his family. And, and they did catch the person they who did, did it, so. They did. Thank God. And, you know, thank him for his service, and I'm sorry it ended the way it did. And then last week, we lost another, another fallen officer, deputy uh, up in Clark County, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 24th, I think, was the day. At least that's the date that I saw that it was reported. So I may be off on a day, but it was last week. But Tracy, you want to talk about this gentleman? Uh, yes, his name was Deputy Matthew Yates, and he had been a 15-year veteran as well. And uh, I don't know. I just I can't believe that somebody can just do what they do. These people are here to help us. And... You know, I don't understand because my thing is they're here to protect us, to keep us safe, you know, from people breaking the law. But people want to be so hateful and mean about them sometimes. I mean, I I guess everybody, you know, there's some people that are bad. Maybe there is. But if, but the people I feel like that, you know, don't want to support the police. But if something was happening in their house and a burglar was coming in, or somebody was trying to kidnap you, or whatever. Who you? That would they would be the first person you call. So I can't understand that thinking in your mind about that. But I'm not going to say more because you know it. It gets me emotional. I have the utmost respect for these women, women and men that put their life on the line every single day for us. And I just don't want this stuff to keep happening. So I just ask that you guys keep those two officers. And I know there's so many more. And unfortunately, you just keep them in your prayers and thoughts. And, you know, 
That's all I can say. I don't know. I just I'm just really heartbroken over these two gentlemen. And he was just responding to a uh, a call to a residence at yeah. around midnight and had shots open fired on him. Yeah. So. so, God bless you guys and girls. I just we pray for you all too. We just want you to be safe and thank you for everything that you do for us. All right. So also with that being said, on a different circumstances, it's been a tough week here in state of Kentucky and, and as I understand Virginia as well. We um, had some major, major flooding in the eastern Kentucky part uh, of the state. And what what's really makes this bad, and, and like I said, flooding's bad anywhere. Yeah. But this one, this place is a little bit different. It sits right at the foothills mm-hmm. of the mountains. So all this rain comes down a mountain, and they're kind of in a valley. So this, yes. this thing basically just filled up like a swimming pool. Yeah, there's pool. like no way to escape there, any of that. People's houses just washed right off the foundation mm-hmm. and up the road. I posted a video, just one little short video, just showing you how much water was raging. Uh, Buckhorn High School is completely underwater, all the way roof mm. underwater. I mean, it's like people have lost literally everything, just like the tornadoes that we had in western yeah. Kentucky. And um, there's... I don't know what the death toll is now. Last I heard was 16. They expected that to at least double, according to the uh, governor. And um, just some of the stories have been so heart-wrenching. There was a mother that was trying to hold on to all four of her children. Unfortunately, all got washed away, and they found all four children. Unfortunately, none of them made it. You know, that's at least six kids out of the first 16 that had passed away that we knew about. There was another story about an elderly man and his wife. And he was bedridden and couldn't leave. And his wife wasn't going to be able to get him out of the bed. So she chose to stay mm-hmm. knowing what the outcome was going to be. Yeah. Well, I'm going to cry now. Thank you. Anyway, it's been um, it's been heart-wrenching because obviously we know uh, a lot of people in the area. Sorry, you guys. We just ask that you guys pray, and we're going to try to do something. I don't know what we can do. We can do the supply thing again. I'm not sure what we're going to do just yet, but we need to try to do something to help these folks. So um, we'll figure that out and let you all know if anybody wants to help. In, um, we set up a, um, there's a donate button. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot we did that, yeah. Yeah, we did that yesterday. So if you guys do want to help, uh, we're going to get the money to where it goes. If you'd rather just give to uh, the Red Cross or yeah. something, there there are other places where you can donate straight to them. But we know some people that are uh, heading down there. Jennifer and Lee Kirkland, good friends of the show. That's actually uh, Nick Groff's tour manager. Mm-hmm. And they, they host... Crypticon and all that that um, goes on around here. But um, they've got their son lives down there. Their house is underwater. Her mm-hmm. father is down there. And uh, she made a, uh, making a trip. I think today she was making a trip up there with supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anything, if y'all want to do anything to help, we would appreciate it. And, you know, just continue prayers for those people. Uh, God bless them. They didn't really have, you know... It just wasn't a thriving town, I don't guess. No, it's the, it? but it's the, the, that area is the poorest part of the state. Yeah. And, and one of the poorest in the country. Yeah, so. They have nothing to begin with. Yeah, and to have what they did have taken away is just devastating. So, anyway. We're going to do what we can. Uh, like I said, Jennifer Kirkland is, she's organizing a lot of stuff. We are already actually donated some money to the cause to help that. But if you guys would like to help. Uh, our website, heavilyhorrorstories.com. And as soon as you log on, there's a big button that says donate. And uh, we'll make sure that every penny gets to where it needs to go. Absolutely. Guys. All right. So, okay, we need to take a second breath and try to get contain ourselves here. But um, so what's our story about tonight? Well, first, we have to remind people that if they're struggling. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. That, I don't even know why I forgot that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just an emotional mess here. But if you're struggling, if things are tough right now, you can uh, give us a call. And uh, we'll be more than happy to talk to you or cry to you. <laughs> but 
the good thing is that they do have the new number out now that makes it a whole lot easier. They do. And it's not just a, people think that, hey, it's just a uh, suicide hotline, but that's not what it is. It's a crisis helpline. So you can actually call them and just talk about whatever. You don't have to be suicidal to call them. If you're going through something, they will talk to you. Yes, they will. They're very good at what they do, and they're there for you no matter what. So please take advantage of that. You can also call Jerry or I. You can, you know, talk to people in the group, which are so wonderful, and we love every single person in our group. You guys are amazing. We don't know what we would do without you because you have really come through for a lot of people. Um, So the number now is 988. That's pretty simple. And you can still text them at 741-741. But just know we are here for you and know that the world is a better place with you in it. So we and love y'all. And also, I'm going to bring start bringing this up right now because we have partnered with BetterHelp. Oh, that's true. Yep. And they are tremendous. I mean, we are so happy to be uh, with them as far as, you know, therapy, online therapy. So mm-hmm. you hear the commercials. I'm not going to make this a big commercial. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if, if you're curious, just look at them. Give them a look. It's betterhelp.com mm-hmm. slash hillbilly. You get 10% off your first month. There you go. But, you know, but use the other free resources, you know, but they are cheaper than regular therapy. And we've had a lot of people already comment yeah. that they're extremely happy with their service. So. That's amazing. All right, guys. After a quick break, we are back. We are composed and we're ready to do some ghost stories. All right. What you got for tonight, babe? Tracy, we've covered a few urban legends on this show and the stories behind these urban legends. The one we're going to cover tonight has actually been requested by Sam Farrell about 380 times <laughs> in the past couple of years. Oh, Sam. And Sammy, tonight's your night, buddy. <laughs> I do want to say that we have um, some guests on later tonight. Oh, great. Katie and Mandy from the Totally Weird and Twisted podcast. These young ladies are very fun. I will let uh, everyone know there is a little bit of language. So when we get to that part, if you got kids and, you know, it's not bad. Mm -hmm. But I just want to at least try to warn people when I can. Of course. All right. Tonight we're covering the Bunny Man Bridge in Virginia. Bunny? Bunny. Okay. Like rabbits. All right. This story is a little more complex than most urban legends. So we're going to cover the legend, and then we're going to discuss some stories that might have led to that legend. Okay. The Bunny Man Bridge is a Virginia Railway overpass. It's said to be haunted by a serial killer that wears a rabbit costume. I mean, why does he got to wear a rabbit costume? Those are so sweet. (laughs) I don't know. I've seen some of these Easter pictures of the rabbits. The from back in the year. From back oh, in the oh, day. Oh, no, they, they were, they they were horrifying. Yeah. The thing about it is, this is just like a just a plain Jane, simple concrete tunnel in Clifton, Virginia. It's not like it's, you know, there's nothing fancy about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like some of these crazy looking bridges and stuff that people say, oh, that bridge, this is just a, yeah. just a plain old railroad tunnel. Anyway, its official name is the Colchester Overpass. So why is this tunnel supposed to be haunted by an axe murderer in a bunny suit? Good question. The legend says that there was a group of convicts that were in a local insane asylum, which is strange when you think about just that term. Mm-hmm. Convicts in an insane asylum. Yeah. Which I know that they did sometimes take convicts and put them. But anyway, this one says there was a group of these convicts from the insane asylum that was being transported by bus. Wouldn't you know it, the bus crashes, and the crash allowed all these prisoners slash patients to escape, yes. Most of these men were found, some dead, some captured. wonder why they were dead. For the bus wreck. Oh, well, the... Two of the, the, the prisoners managed to totally escape, though, at least for a while. Not long after the bus crash, one of the escapees was found, his body hanging from the Colchester overpass. Now, like most urban legends, there are a few different variations, but most of them say 
that the man's body had a note attached to him. I was going to say, how did that happen? Who would have done that or did he do it himself? The other prisoner. Hung him? The one they didn't find. Anyways, you're getting ahead of me. I'm sorry. The note simply said, the bunny man. Now, a huge manhunt ensued after the uh, uh, escaped patient Mm -hmm. uh, was found hanging. And they're assuming that it's the other patient since he's the only one unaccounted for. Okay. What was found in the search was rather disturbing. A number of half-eaten rabbits were said to be found hanging in the trees of the area. Eventually, the escapee was tracked down and cornered, but he was hit by a passing train and was never actually apprehended. That's the story. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's the legend of the bunny man. crazy story. Now, as we have discovered in the past, most of these urban legends have very little basis in fact. So let's discuss what we do know about this case, and let's try to find out what's fact and what's not. Okay. First of all, there was never an insane asylum in that area. Liars. That's going to make it tough for the story to be true right off the bat. Mm-hmm. When, they, when it all based on being from this um, insane asylum that didn't exist. In the 1970s, there was a report of a crazed man in a white outfit. Some described it as a bunny costume. And some said that it may have even been a KKK robe. Oh, no way. So, depending on who you talk to. This guy would harass and threaten people for trespassing on his property. No one was ever convicted of the attacks, but some think that most likely this is the source of the Bunny Man legend. And we're going to get into that in a lot more detail Mm -hmm. a little later. So let's break it down a little further. In the area of Virginia, where this takes place, it's not too far from Washington, D.C. It's kind of on the outskirts. Outskirts, Mm -hmm. okay. The legend supposedly takes place in 1973. At least that's when the story kind of started circulating. There There were several different sightings of the Bunny Man reported, and not just in Virginia, also in Maryland, which is also in the vicinity. So you got yeah. Washington, D.C. and this, uh, this part, Alexandria, Virginia, and all that. Matter of fact, I think the Washington Redskins, either now, well, it's, I'm sorry. The they're not Washington Redskins. football team or the Washington Generals or what, whatever the hell they're called now. The Washington Commanders That's what they're not. But they're, um, I think their stadium used to be in Alexandria. Either it is now or it was mm-hmm. at one point in time. So that shows you how close it is to D.C. Yeah, that's very close. Anyway... His spottings, this the Bunny Man spottings, were infrequent, but it was pretty widespread, and it tended to happen in secluded areas. Usually told of a figure in a white bunny suit with an axe, so it deepens. He would vandalize property and threaten people, including children. By the 1980s, the story of the Bunny Man now included several gruesome murders. So you can see as the story grows. Yeah. As it, as it gets a little bit older. The legend of the Bunny Man has primarily been kept alive by teenagers over the last 30 years who love to tell the story and then venture out to the Bunny Man Bridge to basically party. <laughs> <laughs> Some variations of the legend say that the Bunny Man was responsible for the deaths of two disobedient children in the Clifton, Virginia area. I don't have any more details on that, though. They probably took place at a Walmart, though. as uh, Rodney Carrington once said it don't matter when you go to Walmart some little kid in there is getting his butt beat (laughs) that's so true very true other variations include rumors of children who have disappeared and of course the talk of the rabbits and other animals being horribly mutilated the aspect of the bunny man story that gets the most attention though is the alleged murders obviously that's kind of a big key in in any type of a legend, especially when you start throwing, he killed somebody, he's a murderer, or something Mm -hmm. like that. Now, obviously, it's hard to research some of this stuff without facts, because, believe it or not, you can't just peruse through the uh, police files. Well, no, no, that's a no-no. You got to know where to start. I mean, if you have an actual name, 
you can look things up, but it's almost impossible if you don't at least have a name or an exact location. Right. So how, I mean, I don't know, I'm trying to skip ahead. I mean, was the police believing any of that, even though it's said to be a rumor, you know, or a whatever? But Well, you're not skipping ahead, but there are going to be times to where the police are involved. Okay. So, but we will get to that. I did find, when I was trying to find out, where the hell did all this come from, mm-hmm. basically? And I knew the, the the latter part that we're going to talk about, I already knew about. Um, I couldn't remember all the details, but I remembered some of this. But, as we've discovered, sometimes two, three, four stories get mixed together. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. And I think that may be what happened here. So, I went looking for murders in Fairfax I said Alexandria. Well, Fairfax uh, County is where all this is. I went looking for some murders that could contribute to this legend. Because that area right there is not very big. I did find one specific one that was talked about on the FairfaxCounty.gov site. Okay. This took place in February of 1949. Now... I know I realize this is a bit of a stretch because that was a long time even before this stuff. Mm-hmm. It was 20-some years before these stories started circulating. But hear me out on this. 37-year-old Frances Hullaber, I believe that's how you pronounce the name, and her eight-month-old daughter June were found murdered February 24, 1949. Mrs. Hullaber and her daughter had driven to Fairfax with her husband Charles. Now, the family lived in Washington, D.C. According to Charles Hullaber, her husband, they came to Fairfax to see a new lodge of a nudist colony that he belonged to. Okay. Yeah, kind of odd for 1949 to be a nudist colony, I guess. I mean, yeah. I think I would think most nudist colonies would be near beaches or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you would think. And but yeah. I guess they wanted to be a little bit more intimate. I guess so. Charles says when they left the lodge, their car got stuck in the mud. And apparently this led to an argument. And Miss Hullabird decided she was going to take the baby and just walk away and never return. And that's what that's what he says. Now, of course, that was his side of the story. He then says that he spent the night in the car. The next morning, he gets a ride back to D.C., he came back with his brother-in-law and a friend to retrieve the car. They looked around for his wife and child, but they didn't see any signs whatsoever. So then they called the police. Well, why would he let his wife and child walk off in the middle of the night? In the first place. Was, I don't know if it was the middle of the night when they walked off. But still. But they were missing all night. Well, yeah, but why would you, Why would I mean, especially because of the baby. Why would you do that? Not a sure. Not sure at all. Okay. So the entire, the police come in, right? They, they search the entire area. Um, this involved Fairfax police, Washington, D.C. detectives, and even Boy Scouts. Now, all this is fact. We know this. Mm-hmm. It's about 5 p.m. The search is about to be called off because it's getting ready to be night. It's, it's February, so it's, so it's cold. getting ready to get dark. Yeah. So they're getting ready to call it off. That's when detectives kind of noticed that the ground that they were walking on sort of seemed extra soft. And unfortunately, there was a reason for that. The bodies of Francis and June Holliber were found in a shallow grave. This actually was right next to the lodge, less than 200 yards from where the car got stuck in the mud. Francis had been beaten and shot in the the heart and the head. (gasps) The baby. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. Had been buried alive. (gasps) Oh, no. The murder shocked the community because of the cold-blooded nature. And, of course, Charles was the prime suspect. Oh, my gosh. Charles would later admit that he had planned the murder for three weeks. He initially had no plans to report the disappearance of his wife, but he changed his mind when the car got stuck in the mud. I guess he didn't have a choice. He had to get, come get a car. Yeah. So, you know. The case went to trial in January 16th, 1950. 
After four days of testimony, the jury found him guilty and sentenced him to die in the electric chair. His attorney filed an appeal, though. The jury didn't give enough consideration to his plea of insanity, according to his attorney. He also said that the court made errors in their instructions to the jury. The Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals eventually overturned the conviction and they ordered a new trial. Charles Holliber was then committed to the Western State Mental Hospital in Marion, Virginia, where he was judged to be clinically insane. So he didn't get the death penalty, and that's where he stayed. And I didn't even I didn't look to see when he eventually died. Uh, but he basically got away with murder. I mean he's yeah. staying in an insane asylum, but I'm a jerk. So why did I tell you this story? It's believed by many to be the story that is what the legend of the bunny man is based on. Hmm. Killed his wife, killed his kid. He was cold-blooded. So that part of it goes in, and he was in a mental hospital. Mm. So that's the basis of what some people think started this whole bunny man thing. But there's more. What about the bunny suit? Where did all that come from? Yeah. Where did it come from? (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) there's an answer for that as well. This story is from October of 1970, so about 20 years later. Oh, yeah. This was actually reported in the newspaper on October 18th. Fairfax County Police said that they were looking for a man who likes to wear a white bunny rabbit costume and throws a hatchet through a car window. Well, that's terrifying. (laughs) Here's, here's where all this came from. Like I said, this is a true story, and the police were involved in this. So okay. that's the answer to your question earlier. There was an Air Force Academy cadet by the name of Robert Bennett. Now, he told police that on that Sunday, shortly after midnight, he and his fiance were sitting in a car at the 5400 block of Guinea Road. That's when this man, in a white bunny suit with long ears ran from the nearby bushes, and he shouted, You're on private property, and I have your tag number. And then the man threw a wooden-handled hatchet through the right front window. As soon as he threw the hatchet, he skipped off. (laughs) He skipped. He skipped off. Oh, well, he's playing it out all the way, huh? Now, neither Bennett nor his fiance were injured, so that's good. Police had the hatchet, but that really didn't give them any clues. I guess it's hard to have, you know, bunny prints off of your... (laughs) That's true. Bennett was actually visiting his uncle that night, and that's why he was parked across the street from his house. That's Mm -hmm. why he was on Guinea Road. He was actually in the area because he came to the Air Force-Navy football game. So, and I'm sure that was in Annapolis, Maryland, Mm -hmm. which would still be right there. I mean, can you imagine such a scene to look over and see a big old fat rabbit looking at you and then throws a big old daggone axe at you and oh this world well that was not the only appearance of the bunny man on thursday october 29th on the same street guinea road but it was about a block up this time he had an axe and was chopping away at a roof support of a new house that had just been built now that would piss me off (laughs) like i said this is about a block away from the other incident happened Paul Phillips, he was a private security guard for the construction company that was building the houses. He was standing on the front porch of this of this new home, but nobody had occupied it yet, so mm-hmm. it was still vacant. He starts talking to the man in the bunny suit, and that's when he starts chopping. The bunny man said, All you people keep trespassing around here. And then he proceeded to hack eight gashes in the support pole. Then he said, if you don't get out of here, I'm going to bust you right in the head. The security guard said that the bunny man was about 5'8", 160 pounds, and he looked to be in his early 20s. On November 4th, investigator W.L. Johnson from the Criminal Investigative Bureau, he received a call from a resident from that area, and they claimed that their son knows who the bunny man is. 
she said that a lot of the kids in the area said that they have either been with or they've seen the bunny man. And they described him as an older teenager, which kind of fits him with that guy. Yeah. He looked like he was in his early 20s. Johnson comes in, Detective Johnson, and he interviews her son, who was eight years old. Mm-hmm. He eventually learned that the kid hadn't actually met the bunny man, but he had only heard about him mm-hmm. in school. So they interviewed all the other children in the neighborhood, and um, they pretty much got the same results. They eventually marked the case as inactive after interviewing everyone that was involved and the case coming to a standstill. I mean, could they not do a search at people's houses and look for a bunny suit at least? Um, no. Why? That's against the law. That's Privacy Act. You can't just go, I mean, you can't just go asking to come in and look at everybody's house to see if Well, I mean, I guess that's it. true. I guess that's true. <laughs> that's what I, warrants are for. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Did they could look, they could look for a little bunny poop. That's Hello. true. That's true. It could have. Or it could have just been um, tricks. <laughs> so who was the bunny man? And why was he doing all these crazy, bizarre things? Nobody knows. What I can tell you is the strange sightings and the story that we covered with Francis and Jane Holliber seem to have been intertwined, like I said earlier, to create the legend of the Bunny Man. And how the Colchester Overpass, also known as Bunny Man Bridge, got involved, I have no idea. That is a crazy story. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I still love bunnies, though. Well, good for you. Dang. But, yeah, so anyway, that's the story of the Bunny Man Bridge, and that's the best that I can, you know... Mm-hmm. Put it together. That's so crazy. But we do know that that those cases of the man in the rabbit costume and throwing the hatchet, that's real. That did I just happen. feel like somebody could have took him. Well. Like, could have, sure, like, pounced on him and. I'm sure they could. Especially as he's skipping away. Uh, yeah. Uh, a trip. <laughs> come up behind him. Knock him down. I mean, pull his ears. He probably had those big floppy feet. Yeah. So, so somebody didn't try hard enough. Yeah, you can't run very fast <laughs> in a rabbit outfit, I don't think. Wow. But, that's some that's an interesting story for sure. So anyways, that's the legend. I hope you're happy, Sam. Sam. We've been asking for that one for literally three or four years. We love you, Sam. Yeah. Sure do. And it seemed to work like a I don't know, for some reason I just got a wild hair. Ah, to I gotta see week. what you did there. <laughs> <sighs> okay. All right, what? Let's take a quick sponsor break. Okay. And then uh, we're going to be back. Of course, we got Katie and Mandy coming on from the uh, Totally Weird and Twisted podcast. And if you actually do the acronym on that, you'll yeah. figure out one of the reasons the kitties don't need to listen. <laughs> <laughs> the TWA. Well, you know, you get it. Yeah. Anyways, uh, but it's it's fun. And uh, but we're going to do that. And then we'll be right back with some quick housekeeping. Great. All right, Tracy, we are three weeks away from the show in West Virginia, our sixth anniversary with Serial Spirits, and uh, it is going to be a complete blast. Seating is limited. Please don't wait to get your tickets. You're going to get a chance to go into a place that's been featured on television shows and be able to, uh, you know, actually go in and explore the place. We're going to give a tour. We're going to give a a live show. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to see... Annie and Brendan, and yep, it's gonna should be a, be a lot of fun. I doubt that she brings the baby, though. Oh. <laughs> I think the last time we saw her, she was pregnant. I don't think she had the baby, have we? We've seen her since. Oh, we have? Yes. No way. Yes. Oh. I believe so. Oh. Maybe not. Hell, I don't know. Anyways, that uh, so that's going to be fun. Then we got the cruise rapidly approaching. Dude, I know. I cannot even believe it. With that being said, I want to bring this up. It's not 100% definite, but I, um, Tracy and I have been discussing live events. And we've still got, you know, the cruise and we got this birthday one. And then we've got uh, Bobby Mackey's mm-hmm. still this year. But I think we're considering maybe only doing one or two live events a year after this. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really tough to pull off and... There's, uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't think there's as much interest as there used to be, and part of that's probably because of COVID, and part of it's because um, just everything is more expensive, people have less disposable income, 
But we're going to do, I know we're going to do, uh, I'm still working on it, so I don't have details yet, but I think it's going to be us for Ohio and Justin Rimmel in October, New Orleans. That would be fun. That's going to be something that I'm going to make happen. But that may actually be the only live event we do next year. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see a live event, you might want to hop onto ones this year. And I know we've kind of mentioned that before, but we're, it's, it's, we want to we want to start focusing on going to more conventions mm-hmm. and doing more conventions and stuff. So we we'll, love the live. We'll shows, be traveling though. around and we'll be able to meet people, but it'd be more through conventions than mm-hmm. live shows. Yeah. So there you go. We'll let you know know more as uh, we get into it. What else we got? What do you got over there? All right, for our iTunes this week, we have Good Old Mojo Lobster, and we have Jason B. Big Lou one two two three and TMD zero six zero nine. Thank you guys. Your reviews were so sweet. Yes. And we appreciate y'all so much. We love to see the reviews. It helps us move up a little bit. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. The the reviews are actually one of the most important things you can do for us because the more reviews that we get, the more our show gets brought up on suggestions. Like mm-hmm. if somebody. You know, if somebody goes and they say, pull up Paranormal, our show gets put up uh, according to um, the iTunes reviews and stuff are the are the main things that get looked at on that. So and you, you guys have tremendously. Oh, my that. gosh. You guys have been so wonderful with that. And we appreciate y'all so, so much. All right. And we didn't have any Patreons this week, so we don't have that part to do. All right. So before we listen to Mandy and Katie, we need to talk about last night. So we went to the Rhodes Hotel up in uh indiana it's up in atlanta indiana which is one of the smallest towns i think i've ever been to <laughs> yeah it's pretty small it had welcome to atlanta written on both sides of the sign that's what i'm saying <laughs> anyway so we went up there and we got a chance to to hook up with uh mike couch who owns the place fantastic mm-hmm. fantastic guy we've uh we love mike we do we love him and he owns the Rhodes Rhodes hotel and he opens it up for investigations and all the proceeds go to help out his charity which is the Lost Limbs Foundation. Mm-hmm. Very, and very and it good. helps children who have lost a limb and need prosthetics. Yes. Very, very cool. And it, Mike is a sweetheart, and he does all he can uh, for that foundation. The place was amazing. It was very nice. We had a great time with the crew from 502. And we did have some activity yeah, it wasn't happened. as active as yeah. whispers, but it right. still it was it was a it was a fun night. We still got some stuff. I posted a couple of videos, mm-hmm. so you can check it out. But the the place was was awesome. Like I said, we always have fun when we're when we're with the uh, the girls from the crew from the five. Yeah, series. they're so fun. Well, it's not just the girls because Phil. Oh, Phil was there. Yeah, Jamie's too. husband was mm-hmm. there. So, but you know, for the most part, they're a mostly female group, and uh, they're super fun personalities, and we always love. Hanging out with them. Yeah, they're the best. Thank you for the invite, guys, for sure. Yeah. So, and but anyway, I always want. I always like to mention uh, Mike and and what his his charity is, Lost Limbs Foundation. And I'll make sure if you want to learn more about it, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, but, he's uh, an inspiration. Yeah, lot lot of work. And and if you want to learn more about Mike, there is. A couple of episodes of on Amazon Prime called Unlimited Journey, and it's un-L-I-M-B-I-T-E-D. So it's a, it's a play on the Lost mm-hmm. Limbs Foundation. Mike's missing a leg, and he and Nick Groff and our buddy Jeff, who actually helps out. We mentioned Jennifer uh, and Lee Kirkland, Jeff's the third uh, of the group that put on Crypticon and all that. He went up to document Mike climbing a mountain. I know with one leg isn't that something and his crutches and I won't tell you everything that goes on but we'll just say that they run into some problems and Mike can't completely finish and Nick Groff ends up grabbing Mike and carrying him to safety yep and all this stuff but they do all this is the kind of stuff he does to help bring awareness to his foundation so go check out if you've got Amazon Prime or Amazon Video check out Unlimited Journeys and you can see these these episodes are Nick Groff and and uh, Mike Couch, and you yeah. can learn a little bit about. Very it. very cool. So, anyways, uh, let's listen to Katie and Mandy from Totally Weird and Twisted Podcast. <laughs>
Hey guys, I am happy to be joined by Katie and Mandy from the Totally Weird and Twisted podcast. I'll let you do your own acronym on that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> ladies, I'm excited to have you on. It's been a while. We started talking about this a little while back and uh, uh, I, I've listened to the podcast a bunch over the last three, four, five months and uh, I'm excited to be able to, to have you two on and talk a little bit about your podcast. So let's start. Katie, how long have you guys been doing the podcast and how do you two know each other? We have been doing the podcast for, what, three years now? I think almost three years, I think. Um, but Mandy and I have known each other since we were 14. We were freshmen in high school. Uh, we met through show choir. <laughs> and we've been don't ask us the same right that's not gonna happen but um <laughs> we've been friends ever since but um when mandy got into podcasting she had another podcast uh previous to this one and i used to fill in for her other co-hosts and so we ended up starting our own and that's how twat began <laughs> all right katie so that's that's a cool way to to get started is to be able to start with one of your best friends. And it just makes things, if, if you've got that good cohesiveness, it mm. makes it work together. Mandy, what about you? Your, what was your other podcast about? So my original podcast was Vodka and Guests, and that was Vag Podcast. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> so I wanted to, but when that one, when my co-host, you know, she was going through some stuff she had a baby and it just wasn't working out and um katie was filling in so much but i just it, i felt like we were different and so we had to just start our own podcast but i wanted it in the same vein i guess so we went from badge to twat and we started our own uh um production company called pink taco media which is also insane. same vein yep um but I actually started following you with Vodka and Ghost because I became friends with Lee Solway. Oh, and, okay. Uh, yeah. And that's how I found you. And then you guys collaborated a lot. And so I've been following ever since. And um, that's, uh, I mean, that's how I got started. And that's, I don't know. That's how we started yeah, podcasting together. Yeah, that's how we started. That's how we ended up together, basically, like she said. Yeah, Lee, of course, is over in Great Britain, and his mm -hmm. podcast has went through, uh, I think, 373 names uh, today. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, it, it started, else. it was Don't Break the Oath originally, don't break the oath. and then it went to Realm of the Supernatural, right. yep. and now I think it's Bizarre Tales, I think is what it is now. I and think, you know, it's funny, I just looked him up the other day, because I was like, I don't see the podcast anymore. And I saw on his Facebook that it says Bizarre Tales and something. I didn't even know it changed again. Yeah. <laughs> and he does another one, another comedy podcast with the same uh, a gentleman that helps him with that one. I think it's called uh, something Poppy. It's Poppycock, something Poppycock in there. So he oh, does okay. a comedy version too. So yeah, Lee's, Lee's great. I talked to Lee probably three, four, five times a week. Do you? Wow. It's yeah. been a while, but I've collaborated with him, I think twice, maybe. Yeah, he's a he's a funny guy. So mm -hmm. let's let's break it down to this. So you guys cover if you I'll ask this question to Katie. Katie, if you was to describe the podcast, mm -hmm. how would you describe it to someone who's never listened? What are they going to get? So <laughs> it's, re <laughs> it's really a hodgepodge of crazy. So we talk about the paranormal. We talk about our investigations that we go on to haunted locations. We talk about weird history. We talk about macabre subjects. We talk about um, crazy shit that we find in the news. Um, really anything that we find that's like, all right, this needs to be talked about. Mandy likes to stay really in like the paranormal realm and I like to go into like the dark history kind of stuff and dumb stuff that I find online. That's like, why is this news and these people really exist kind of thing. Right. So let's switch back to you, Mandy. 
Give me one topic that you guys have covered over the three years that is one of your favorite. Is there one that sticks out above the others? Or give me a couple of them if you want to. Yeah, I won't there's you to just one. Two that come to mind. Well, three really, but there's a bunch. You know, I I get really into the stuff that I look up. And um, but the main one that comes to mind is the Latoya Amons possession case. Yeah, the demon house, Gary Demon House. It yeah, I mean, it is. Mainly because, first of all, the stories are crazy, but the witnesses that came forward is what really gets me. You know, the hospital staff and CPS and police officers, and it's just it's just mind-boggling. And then the other one that really sticks out is the Enfield haunting, because I don't know where I stand on that one. I can if I if I couldn't intervene here. And of course, mm-hmm. the infield haunting is, uh, I believe, what's what the Conjuring Two was based off of yeah. over right. in uh, over in England. Mm-hmm. I personally think that a lot of that stuff did happen. Now, did she get caught manipulating some stuff? Yes, she did, and she admitted mm-hmm. to that. But you know, her story was always when you've got a film crew in your house all day and all night, and you, you eventually you just want them to see something so they'll get the hell out of there. And so she says she manipulated some stuff just so they would see something and can leave. But I think there was enough evidence of stuff happening before that and some unexplainable things before that, that still makes that a believable story. I I think in more cases than not, even the, uh, uh, the case up in Ohio with the, the young girl with the telephone, you know, there was a lot of stuff there that wasn't explainable, but You know, they they did catch her doing some stuff at the end, similar reasons. So they always give the same reason when they get caught in these yeah, poltergeist yeah. cases. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. So it was just hard the more I dove into that story, you know. I think it was more my own excitement going into the story and then just kind of getting shut down at a few, few points. But there still was so much that had me convinced that I just, I didn't know what to say about it. <laughs> You know, and I think that's fair, like going back and forth and you're like, well, you know, and then the evidence is kind of like, well, I don't I don't know. Like I there's a lot of cases, I think that there's a lot of give and take and like it'll pull you one way and then something else you'll read something else. Then it tugs you another way. And it's like, well, but the audio recordings are crazy. That is 100 percent. true. They're totally crazy. (laughs) I cannot explain it. So I think it's definitely something definitely was going on there. Yeah. But well, they they did feel like she had the build, ability to manipulate her voice like that, though. So, but I know. And then if that was weird, I know. And I don't want to discount the story because honestly, like I said, I really I don't know. But there was an interview where um, one of the news anchors of the time came to the home and interviewed the daughters, and the young daughter just I don't know just the interaction between the older daughter and the younger daughter the younger daughter, the one who had the voices coming out of her, mm-hmm. they kind of were like, stop, don't say it. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know? And I, I just couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. It's funny that you brought up the Latoya Amons case because we just did a live event in Indy this past Saturday. And actually one of the stories uh, that was uh, middle-aged and creeped out that their whole story on the, uh, the demon house up in Gary, Indiana. Oh, and that's then, interesting. Uh, That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then I just did an interview with somebody yesterday and that got brought up with them as well. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Really? That that's wow. It's just kind of been hanging around the last couple of days. That is interesting. That's cool. So what about you, Katie? What's, uh, what's some of the topics that you've covered that stand out to you? So paranormal wise, or like kind of like weird history wise, my f- absolute favorite is when we talked about the witch of Pungo, who was, the most famous witch it was the most famous witch trial held here in virginia and she had a trial by ducking (laughs) um in an area that was called pungo and it's now virginia beach and they thought she was a witch for like the strangest reasons so like in new england when there were witch trials it was like oh, well, somebody said she's a witch, so she's a witch, and we're going to, you know, do all this shit to her. In Virginia, the burden of proof lied on the person who was the accuser. So, and if somebody was accusing you of a crime, 
much like today, they had to prove it. And if somebody accused somebody, the person that was the accused could basically sue them for slander. So this woman was accused because like one woman accused her of turning into a cat, breaking into Mm -hmm. her house and like jumping on her bed and like all this weird stuff happened. And they thought she was a witch because while she would work on her farm, she would wear pants instead of a skirt. She's got her nerve. I know (laughs) the nerve of some people like there was. So all these weird things happen. Right. And so people just thought she was weird. And so they decided that they were going to take her to trial. And so the trial was by ducking. So they take her out to this river and they decided to tie one hand to that ankle, the other hand to the other ankle, and they throw her off the boat. And if she sank, she was innocent. And if she floated, she was a witch. So either way, either way, she's you're screwed. dead. Right. Either way, she's screwed. Well, she came back up. So they tied this gigantic Bible to her and threw her back down into the water. She was able to get herself untied, break free of this giant Bible. And she came back up. She climbs into the boat and they're like, oh, my gosh. So they pull her up. The sheriff pulls her up to shore and they claim to see all of these witch markings on her. She has the teats of a devil and she has all this like weird stuff going on. Right. They sentence her to jail for eight years. They let her out and she lives her life in peace. And now there's like this beautiful statue of her in Virginia Beach and all this stuff. She's also the reason that this area has rosemary. Oh, really? Yeah. It was fascinating. Like the things that she was accused of was ridiculous, but it was hilarious. That can be said for most witch trials, I think. Right. But I, I found it very interesting because, you know, in New England, in those witch trials, you know, a woman could blink wrong and they're like, she's a witch. Yeah. Down here, they had to prove that she was a witch. And I think she was taken to trial like seven different times. And finally, the governor of Virginia stepped in and the seat of government in Virginia at the time. This was like early 1700s. Um, she ended up before the government in Williamsburg. And they were like, Virginia did not want witch trials. They didn't want to try anybody. Mm-hmm. They, they wanted nothing to do with it. While up north, they're like, hang them, burn them, whatever, you know? Yeah. That was a really scary voice, by the way, that you just did. You're welcome. (laughs) So, you know, I just found it fascinating. Things like that are, to me, are like, yeah. Dark (laughs) history. I love it. Yeah. She's our history buff. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with history. And and like you mentioned Williamsburg, that's, that's a place that I've uh, talked about several times that I've, we've done two shows on Colonial Williamsburg. Mm-hmm. and yeah, nice. uh, we've never we've never been there i want to go there and it's just uh, unfortunately there's a list of about three thousand places that i want to go and i can't seem to make it to all of them but uh yeah, yeah colonial williamsburg is definitely a place I, here, visit. I would love to show you around colonial williamsburg it's one of my favorite places well we had talked about i got a friend it's funny that uh you'd mentioned him he actually lives in uh in virginia and he was ta- he's actually doing a thing right now for a, a paper a class paper on why the whole uh, Salem witch trials took place on, on oh, what caused it and all that. So he actually I haven't had a chance to check it out, but he sent me his list of questions last night that he has to submit and wanted me to take a look at them and see what I thought and if I wanted to add anything to it or not. So that's pretty cool. But I've always said I, I kept telling him I said maybe we'll do a show out there somewhere in Colonial Williamsburg out by there and we could just put it all together and make a weekend out of it and have everybody come out and go to the show and then go to Colonial Williamsburg and do all that. So it's still, it's still possibly in the works. So maybe since, uh, are you guys close to there? We're like uh, two and a half, three hours. Okay. So not, not right next door or anything. It's it's not a pain to drive there. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Well, so let me, let me say this to you. You've been podcasting now for, 
years, three years on this show. And then uh, obviously, Mandy, you've been uh, a little longer than that on the other show. What's been some of the biggest surprises to you, positive and negative, to podcasting? So we'll start with uh, Mandy on this one. What's something positive that, uh, or maybe, let's just say maybe unexpected. What's an unexpected benefit that's happened since you started podcasting that obviously you wouldn't uh, thought would have happened? Um, So when we very first started podcasting with Vodka and Ghosts, very quickly after that, since our genre was ghosts, (laughs) we were approached by many paranormal investigators inviting us to investigate with them. And it's something that I would have never expected. And I was terrified. I almost didn't do it. But now that's a big part of what Katie and I do. And um, so that was that was very surprising. Um, Also, the community, really, not just the paranormal community, but the paranormal podcast community or podcast community in general. Like we made so many friends that we've actually met so many in person and you know, you just think it's going to be something you do at home and it's just the two of us. And, but it's not, it's not at all. Like we've met so many people, you know, and it's, we have this whole new world now. Yeah. Back. I agree with that. It's a, it's a great, it's a great community out there. It is. Yeah. So what, what, what's up? Give me a negative. What's something that you didn't expect to happen? Um, a negative. Uh, well, the first negative was learning how to edit audio and video and all that. (laughs) Still not perfect there. (laughs) Um, another negative was the time that it takes. Like you think, you know, when we first started, I thought you just recorded some stuff and you just released it. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) So trying to balance my, my husband and my kids and my job and my podcast and then now our video stuff and our investigations and all sorts of stuff i didn't realize that how much time it actually required but i'm willing to put it in it's just trying to balance that that was really shocking it's like a full-time job if you're successful at all it's a it's at very least a part-time job and can be a full-time job easily Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how expensive it was. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's costs definitely. Yeah. But um, what's been really helpful for me, I'm a hairdresser. So, you know, while my clients are processing or if I'm in between clients or something now I can edit on my cell phone, which is fantastic. I used mm-hmm. to edit on the, the laptop. So I can just upload our zoom stuff to, iMovie and edit it while I'm at work. I can add all the music. I can, you know, clip whatever you need to together. So I kind of, I do, I'm always, I do the podcasting stuff and the editing and all that more than I do hair. (laughs) Yeah. So what about you, Katie? What's, uh, what's one of the uh, positives that uh, an unexpected positive and give me a negative from your standpoint? I would say the biggest positive is the people we've gotten to meet and work with. Um, I have gotten to meet like some of the biggest people in the paranormal world and we've gotten to investigate with them and form friendships with them. And to me, that was something like I never thought would happen. And it's really fun, you know, working with these people and investigating and goofing around and just, that to me is amazing. And like Mandy said, the podcast community, amazing. Like when we're on other people's shows and when we have other people on our show and, you know, just messages, group messages and all this stuff going on and bouncing ideas off of each other. I mean, the support in this community is incredible. I never in a million years would have thought it was like that. Like Mandy, I thought it was like, it was just a hobby. It was, it was a creative outlet and it was just a way to showcase something that we enjoyed and something that we wanted to do. And then you get the feedback from people that are like, oh my gosh, great episode. That's the best. That is when we get, that's the best. Yeah. When you get comments and people are like, oh my gosh. And what about this? And people like start a conversation about an episode that you did. Yeah. That's incredible. We're like, oh my gosh. They remember more of it than we did. I know. (laughs) 
So I would say um, a negative is um, probably, no, not really. I just don't want to say it. <laughs> oh. I don't want to say it. Well, um, now I'm nervous for you to say it. Negative reviews. Yeah, I, 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 I was wondering if that was going to come up because that's yes. that's something that a lot of people have trouble with. And it doesn't matter what your show is. You're going yeah. to get negative reviews because it doesn't matter what your show is or who you are or what. There's always somebody who's not going to like it or they're not going to like you or they're not going to like your voice or they're not something. Right. Uh, you said this wrong. These facts were wrong. Yeah. You made this sound bad. That's just always going to be the case. Well, I mean, and, it's, uh, it's like real life. People are either going to like you or they're not. It is a blow to the ego. though. It is. Ugh. It sucks because you work so hard to do it mm. and you work so hard to be your authentic self and put it out there and be enjoyable. But there's always going to be somebody that feels the need to be a keyboard warrior. You know what I mean? And I appreciate that. That's fine. If people want to do that. What happened to you? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. They haven't <laughs> met me, but that, yeah, that went out as soon as social media became a thing. I know exactly <laughs> but that 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 part to me is is, I mean, we're is a little it, difficult you know we put it out there whatever yeah that's yeah. the the hardest thing like with Tracy you know I've been I've been a comedian for I mean I started almost 20 years ago mm-hmm. and you know so you're used to and, and to be honest with you I promoted myself as a controversial comedian. It was on my cards, most controversial comedian in town, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. I, that's what I put up because that's what I wanted to do. So I knew that I was going to get my share of hate. Mm-hmm, and, right. uh, you know, but, and when I did the podcast, you know, it was like, I'm used to that. But yeah. with Tracy, that wasn't something she was used to. And, mm. you know, she's got a heart of gold and all she does is just try to be nice to everybody and to see people just start slamming at her, you know, oh, I can't stand her voice. She's got the mentality of a six year old. I mean, it's oh, some of the most, I got, and I mean, and there were times where she would read a review and literally just think about just quitting. She just didn't want to, oh. just because she couldn't believe somebody would be so cruel. Where to me, it's just like, ah, shake it off, walk it off. And it, but yeah. it wasn't that easy for her because that's not something she's had to deal with. Mm-hmm. I get it, but so, yeah, she people, is the sweetest. I hear this little baby. What? Is she home? <laughs> She's downstairs. She oh. just got. Home. <laughs> I love her. That's why the dog started barking. <laughs> oh. oh, she is so cute. Yeah, I love her hairstyles and her hair colors. And I know. Stuff. She's adorable, and she gives it to him. She gives it back to him. Sometimes. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it is hard because, like, when people hear the way that we talk, like Mandy's the one that's like, "Don't hurt anyone's feelings," and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> I'm like whatever but it, it does suck though like when people give it back to you you know I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's I mean it's, I don't want it back so I'm just gonna be it's nice. expected but at the same time it's like oh ouch it sucks yeah it's just kind of embarrassing you know <laughs> that I think maybe that's that's a great point it is embarrassing yeah. it's embarrassing yeah, completely understandable yeah. And like I said, it's just, you know, but it's one of those things that uh, over the years now, she's gotten used to it and she'll just eye roll or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I, you know, I'll tell her, uh, you know, she'll, she'll say, well, it just, it just upsets me. And I was like, okay, this person upsets you that you don't know. Right. You, I know. you know, you don't know anything about them and I'll guarantee they don't have a podcast that's got 16 million downloads. So there you go. There you go. Who, who are they to criticize? Right. Screw them. So, I know. That's what it is. Yeah. So where do you see you guys in the future? You you talk about, uh, I know when Katie told me last night that you guys have been focusing more on the uh, the investigating and, and a little little bit less on the podcasting. Where do you see yourself uh, a year from now? Where, where is this going to take you? I definitely, a year from now, still see the podcasting um, just because we don't have to travel for that. You know, mm-hmm. um, we have fun with it. We don't want to get rid of that. That's, this is, it's just all these other opportunities have presented themselves that we did not expect at all because of this, because of this. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but we love investigating and, um, we get invited on really cool locations, private investigations all the time, but mm-hmm. it's hard to travel because we have kids and we have jobs and, you know, I, if we could do it full-time, I mean, we would, we would do full-time podcasting and yeah. investigate whatever the heck we could and yeah. all this stuff. So it's just working more towards 
I would say it's working more towards getting a studio, getting our own place where we could do this. Which we are touring one. Yes. In a couple of weeks here. Yes. Yeah. Nice. So what about as far as you, you mentioned you got a chance to investigate with some of the bigger names? Who were who were a couple of the uh investigators that you've had a chance to uh, uh investigate with that were kind of blew your mind with? Uh we've gotten to work with Daryl Marston. Brandon Alves. Brand- we haven't worked with oh no, we no, we're gonna meet him in August. Yeah. Now you're just um, making we- stuff up. We've interviewed him. <laughs> no, no, we've interviewed him. We've twice. talked to him through Zoom. We were supposed to Mustafa. investigate with him, but he had to back out. Uh, we've worked with Mustafa Gadalari and Kristen Lumen. And then um, um who was uh, Coyote Chris? Oh yeah, Rest Coyote Chris Sutton. Um we've worked with um the psychic housewife of New Jersey. Oh, April April. April. Yeah. yeah. We love her. Where's something? We, like, we're so many people. I don't know. So you put us on the spot, man. They're gonna be like, you didn't do okay. yeah, yeah, we're supposed to, we're supposed to. Um, I was supposed to hook up with April uh, about a month ago, and she uh, she got sick for for a little bit, so we had to oh. put it off. And then okay. uh, she then she had something else, and we put it off again. And I haven't had a chance to reconnect with her. I need to get that set back up. Yeah, she's oh, fantastic. She's the best. I love yeah, her. So yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. I, I, actually, I'm glad you said something because I actually need to send her a message probably today. Um, yeah. Ladies, it's been a blast having you on. Yeah. Oh, we totally appreciate it. it. We'd love and, to have uh, so, you on if you guys ever find yes. a free moment. And I'd love to meet Tracy as well. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure we could make the time. Um, tell everybody how they can uh, listen to your podcast and keep up with you on social media. Um. We are on Facebook, Totally Weird and Twisted Podcast. We just recently started TikTok like two days ago. <laughs> so we have a TikTok, um, Facebook, Instagram. And anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. And any app basically that you can listen to podcasts, you can find us. Now on Facebook, if you want to watch our our podcast episodes with the video, because we've started recording them now, mm-hmm. um, you can go to Parapost Network. Uh, um it's, it's haunted. haunted network on facebook or our totally weird and twisted page we post them there and i think our instagram i've been posting them on there too so and you YouTube. have the option to and youtube, and YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. so pretty much anywhere you have the option to watch the video or if you're in your car pretty much any podcast app should have us awesome mandy and katie with the totally weird and twisted podcast twice you- for short yes i was gonna what? ask you to say it <laughs> <laughs> can you say it this time right just say it <laughs> yeah so there you go you got it you got it out of me it came at the end but that's what she said i love it anyways ladies it's been awesome thank you so much for coming on guys go check them out if you like them give them a five-star review uh one stars are not appreciated as you heard earlier so five-star <laughs> reviews and uh let's help them uh, grow their podcast go listen to them though they're a lot of fun i think you'll enjoy it thanks thank Jerry. you so much sherry you're welcome. All right, guys, that wraps up this week. Uh, remember, everybody send your thoughts and prayers to people in Eastern Kentucky and uh, Virginia who were affected. It's kind of odd that we actually did a Virginia story this week that yeah, it wouldn't buy, you know, it was strictly coincidence. But hopefully uh, if you guys listen, it'll give you a little bit of relief. Yeah. We hope you all have a blessed week. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next week. And don't forget, if you'd like to donate to the cause in Eastern Kentucky, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, there's a big donate button there, and I promise you we'll make sure it gets to anybody that can possibly use it.